Welcome everybody to the A to Z Golfing Podcast with Andrew Cezanne. What's up? I'm Anthony Zampano. Um, I wanted to kind of go over a couple things. You yep. did a fantastic job blasting the pace of play episode like everywhere. Yeah. I mean, it, I think you, I think it almost got to the point where I thought it was going to need an OnlyFans. <laughs> like just that was going to need an OnlyFans. Yeah. But um, I wanted to sort of start off by saying that, you know, my opinions on pace of play. Okay. I read through like the eight different you spots. Through you, them all? I, you know what I did? And I responded to a few of them. Yeah. Um, I responded to everyone. I made sure every, you've made a comment. I got to, you did, you did, you did a great job with that. Yeah. I, I was, I was more interested in reading some of the comments about golf's not supposed to be a fast sport. And I'm not saying it is supposed to be a fast sport. I'm hope I'm hoping that everybody understood what I meant by trying to think about the other people that are playing. Yeah. I'm not saying that you have to go to the golf course, hurry up for three hours and get in a car and go home. We all want it to be enjoyable. Obviously going past that is when you're at different golf courses, like when we go to pebble, right? Right. You're going to take photos. You're going to be there with your buddies. You're going to do some cool. Yeah, you are. But listen, if I'm at Eaglewood, Right <laughs> over in Bloomingdale, Illinois. Okay, I sh- it should not be five hours. That's all I wanted to say. And 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 thank you for doing such a great job on. Yeah, we we got a lot of response, and the the people you were talking about, they were kind of saying how, you know, let the beginners play. You know, you got to give them time. I'm all for getting beginners to play. I have no problem. Yeah, I was a beginner one time. You were a beginner one time. We were mm-hmm. all were. Um, it's just you know you got to understand that when you're what we kind of talked about if you're two feet away one foot away on a putt you're hitting eight like yeah you said it's good like it's okay well i I just think the the one comment that that i was really talking about in this was it's not that i'm saying that you have to make golf a fast sport right it's enjoyable to begin with right okay It, it it's what it is right but if in that, it, there should not just be like the mindset of, okay, I paid $54 to play golf with my four buddies and we're going to take as much time as humanly possible. It, it, there's other people like playing. Right. And, I, and I think that is sort of the nature because the more and more that, we, that people necessarily have that mindset that it's okay is where we turn into the golf courses that say 415 becomes 430 then becomes 445 then becomes five o'clock you know um steve DiPirio talked about how country clubs have sort of done a better job with it because they spread out the tee times a little bit more yeah and public courses will try to cram them in to get more players out there and that's totally understandable and even to the point of if you want to play super fast somebody said go out first listen i've gone out first but that concept doesn't apply an hour later when if I play in three hours, it's okay for them. I'm not saying you have to play in three hours. I'm just saying like if, if everybody kind of had that mindset of, hey, let's try to keep it under four hours. I personally think when, when anybody plays faster or with a better speed, they're going to play better. Being out there for five hours to any player is going to be like, it's going to be draining, especially if you're, somebody who's a single digit or trying to get better at the game, if you're constantly having to get in a cart and then sit there for five minutes and get out and hit a golf shot, it's very hard to keep a routine. That's And I responded to a lot of people and I said, you know, the people that were on the opposite side of it, I said, I'm just, I'm a rhythm player. 
I, I need to keep it going. I need to keep my swing going. If I, exactly, I, my back will tighten up. I don't have that many back issues. I know a lot of people do, but I, my back will tighten up if I'm waiting 10 minutes, 20 minutes on a shot or on a, you know, tee box. And I, I don't, I don't sit there and I keep swinging because I, I get tired fast. That's just what I do. So I like to keep a rhythm going. Um, and yeah, a lot of people, they were mentioning about the tea times that were starting. Mm -hmm. What do you think is the proper tea time separation to try to help out pace of play? Well, it's so hard because you, you got to remember if you're starting on most golf courses, either start on a par four or par five. I I don't think I've ever seen a golf course start on a par three. Um, but then it, it also has to do with the second hole. Like a course that come that's very familiar to me is uh, Orchard Valley is a short par four to start that you can almost drive the green. So if it plays downwind, you can drive the green. And then you play a 200 yard par three next. So it's very hard to sort of sit there and say it should be eight minutes, should be 10 minutes, because if four guys decide to go for the green and they hit it all over the place, it takes a little bit longer. Now to that point, the, the rule, you know, that you have three minutes to look for it, even if everybody hits it all over the place, that it goes back to what I was saying. It's not, hey, all four of us are going to drive to the first guy's ball and take three minutes. Then we're going to drive to the next guy's ball and take three minutes. Everybody should sort of scatter yeah. and like figure it out. Right. And then be like, OK, we hit terrible shots. We got now we go to the part three and so on. So I to me, I think 10 minutes is always really good. Um I know Elgin does nine. Right. Some places do t- do eight. Some places do ten. I just think ten is a very good median average. I mean, it's it's six tee times per hour. It's twenty four players. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to try to con- continue to do math on this, but <laughs> um, but no, I mean, that's all I wanted to start off with. I, I listen. I went on a I went on a tangent about it because <laughs> it, it it's just I can't I can't stand it. I mean, it even happens. At a country club. I mean, I, I'm not trying to sit here and say that, oh, country clubs are the way to go and do all that stuff. I love public golf courses. There's there's a reason why for 12 years running events, we've always tried to showcase our tournaments at the best public golf courses anywhere in the country. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it, it doesn't just happen there. It, it happens all over and, and it has to be more of a priority. Now at public, cl- at private clubs, you have more ego there to where people are like, no, it doesn't matter. Hey, listen, if, if, if you're at Chicago golf club and you're paying, I don't know what it is, but let's just call it a hundred thousand dollars. I might step back a little bit. Okay. But if you're at Elgin country club, which I know how much they're paying, let, let, let's, let's get in the cart and go a little bit faster. Okay. I mean, there's a difference there. Yeah. I want to, I want to thank all the people that have uh, commented on, on our Facebook or wherever we've posted it, uh, Instagram. Uh, I want to say thank you guys for reaching out. You know, it means a lot to us and and we'll keep this thing going. Like we want this to be interactive with everyone. So we appreciate you, you coming and I'm going to comment on everyone I can. So, yeah. Good. So we have a lot to go over tonight. It's going to be a good episode. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to tell you who's sitting across from me or anything like that, but I just want everybody to know as we've been going down this road, everybody has sort of been following along. We've been watching Andy go from a 14.8 to an 8.9. Yeah. We had the, um, we had the great opportunity and thank you to uh, Freddie and Frank Alimo for taking us out. Yeah. Thank you. I, I got to take Andy to Bobolink. Yeah. Um, was a very humbling experience <laughs> oh, for Andrew man. as he's, you know, his stock has been going up and just like every stock, you know, you just, you just got to wait it out, especially in golf. You just 
those moments where you're like, everything is good. Yeah. And we went out there and, and I'm so happy that you got to go. Cause it's my favorite golf course in the state of Illinois. Um, absolutely love it. But I wanted to know from you as your first time playing it, what did you think of the golf course? How did you like it? Oh, I loved it. I thought it was very fair too. I just, I wasn't striking the ball very well. Um, I think, I don't even know what my final was like a 90. Oh no, I do know it. I think it was a 98. Yeah. I think I just broke a hundred. It was very humbling. Like you said, um, I spent half my day on a beach. I probably should have bought sandals and, and an umbrella with me. Yeah. Did you ever uh, figure out how many bunkers it was? Um, 17, 18. It was, it was probably right around there. Cause I mm. think I was on a couple Two multiples, two, multiples on holes. Yep. Um, and then also if you count, you know, a shot that you don't get out on, then you're, you're back in it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, probably a good 17 or 18 on it. Uh, but I love the course. I'd love to get another crack at it. I just, I wasn't striking the ball very well that day. I was driving the ball great. I think, mm-hmm. well, I think I hit almost every, I, I think I missed like two fairways yeah. and then still scored the 98. Just the, the, the approach shots weren't there. And then, or I was through, or, I, I just didn't play well. And yeah. then, of course, the putting, those greens were some of the fastest greens I ever played in my life. We'll just, um, we'll just chalk it up to a, a learning experience. I had a lot a hum- of fun. A humbling experience for you. I, I had a but lot I'm glad I got to share that moment with you. It was, it was, uh, it was very special for me. Yeah. Um, Frank and Fred. I, Fred uh, used to be a caddy out there, so right. he was telling us all the stories about uh, the caddy games and everything like that. But it, it's... Uh, I want to thank them once again. I think I've done it twice already, but thank yeah. you to them. And uh, So fantastic. Thank you, guys. Yeah, it was an amazing time out there. Um, hopefully, we do get to go back. I know jo- uh, the Tudors have been up, you know, my backside about going out there. George was supposed to go, right. but, you know, you know, he had to go to Naples. You yeah, know, it's, I mean, a, it's oh. unfortunate. Naples for, or Bobble Links. Yeah. I, mean, I pick Bobble Links every First time, world but. issues. First world issues. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm pretty excited. You know, we, we were going to wait. We were going to, we've been waiting as long as we possibly could because our, our guest tonight is, uh, is a guy that we've known for a very long time. And I'll tell you what, him and I have had some, we've had some battles, right? So (laughs) to get him on the microphone, what is this episode is going to be episode. This is episode eight. Technically. There you go. So you're my numbers guy over there. You got the keyboard, you got the computer, you got all that stuff. Got got the lights on. So I want to, I want to introduce everybody to Matthew Grubich. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah, always. I mean, this is, we've known you for so long. Long time. Right? Very long time. I think I'm going on 11 or 12 years. Yeah, Yeah. I think Tony's almost 13. Yeah, right there. Right there. Right there. You know, it's, I unfortunately got to miss one of the highlights of Matt's golf career or golf life this year. And now normally how the Whistling Straight event goes is we all have a Monday round and we all get to go out. We get to hang out. We've been working the entire weekend. We've been doing everything. And unfortunately for me, I had to come home and work. Thanks, Dad. (laughs) So um, I'm literally at work and I'm getting these text messages and I'm getting a phone call from you and I'm doing all this stuff. I just kind of take me through the moment, the surrealness of it. Okay. So we were the first group out on Monday morning after we ran the event there. Uh, it was Monday, May 17th. Pretty yep. sure. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure that I remember you, that that you know, It wasn't day. just a highlight by the way of my golf career. It's of, it's a top 10 moment of my life. What do we got? We got wife, kids. I have three kids. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Well, yeah. we'll, we'll do an official list. Later. Okay. 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 <laughs> so we get to the 12th hole. Uh, I am playing with Rob McGuire and Mr. Cezanne here and Mike McLaughlin. Um, and I think I was second to hit or so. Yeah. I hit and first. 
Yeah, so the caddy says, well, here, everyone ready to make fun of me, but it's 84 yards. <laughs> okay, so yeah, they make, uh, you know, guys can all crack jokes on that. 184 yards, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, on, I think it was 10, I had a similar shot with the same type of distance, and my caddy says, hey, just hit that same shot you hit on 10. And when we were walking up to that tee box, one of the one of the caddies was like, hey, it's it's a it's a, it's a hole-in-one uh, pin placement today, so... You know, no, obviously we weren't all thinking that was going to happen. So you know, my caddy says, hey, hit that shot. You hit it on 10. You should be good to go. So rear back, uh, hit the shot, and sat there and kind of posed for a while because as it's in the air, the, one of the other caddies in the group says, Matt, that's in. And it bounces once, and we hear it because yeah. it and boom, goes right in. I flip my wedge over my shoulder, turn to one, you know, my closest friend, Mr. McGuire, Tried to find him right away, flipped my wedge, and literally ran over. He runs over. I, f- I lift him up and spin him around like yeah, a big was, celebration. It was pretty awesome. And we all just went absolutely crazy. It was uh, it was amazing. Obviously, every golfer's dream and came true at, at, at my favorite course. I'd, I love the straights and love it even more now, but love the straights. It was un- unbelievable. So I've never, I've never been more excited and happy and sad and disappointed <laughs> all in the same text message, all in all the, the same, same text five message. seconds. Well, you can ask Andy. I, one of the first things I said was we got to get Tony. We got to face yeah, Tony. Cause did, that's the first thing he did. Is that Monday round? I mean, it's one of our places. We've had some amazing memories there. We love putting events on there. And so I, we were trying to get a hold of you. Obviously we're busy, but, yeah. um, there's, I think in the one video we have of us, cause Andy Cezanne went into, uh, you know, Mr. Photographer and yeah. media mode right away. I was and like, the way, where's my phone? Yeah, exactly. Where's your phone? He's videoing. <laughs> yeah. I'm turned to him. It's in the one, you know, little montage you put yeah. together where I'm like, good, you've got to get Tony on the phone. And yeah. so I've eventually, I think it was a hole or two later where we got you on a yeah. uh, FaceTime. Think, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was unbelievable. You know, it's so funny. It's we, we spend so much time like filming, like I, I, for the first time ever, I finally figured out how to save like an Instagram live because you have to transfer it to an IGTV or something like that. And I always used to hit cancel and then I'd wonder where the video went. Yeah. But we've had his hole in one where you've told me that you almost had your camera. I was getting it out. I was and I couldn't get it out quick enough. And then Matt and I play with Joe Corsi at the sandbox and I film everybody's tee shot on the previous hole. We get to the next hole and because him and him and I are jabbing at each other, who's going to throw it closer to the hole. Joe hits a ball and it goes in for a hole in one on the sandbox. Right. And then him and I are going at it. No one, no one films again. He throws it to like two inches and then I throw it in the hole oh, on a throw off. So wow, we got to do better. It's like a Sasquatch. <laughs> we got to like, do better. It's just, it's heard of, never seen. Right. Exactly. And then I, I watch all these guys like on the videos of par fours, like guys are getting hole in ones and they've got it filmed from behind and in front. Yeah. It's crazy. But that was, that was Listen, I, I love you. I adore you. Um, I wish I could have been there. It's, I'm never going to live that down. And the next hole, he, he said bomb drive. Like, we thought he was going to, like, put it in the water, but he's a bomb drive. I think he had 80, like, I had said 87. Same yeah, it's so same. He almost drained the next shot I for actually, an my, eagle. My, my ball mark was closer than on the hole in the one. So yeah. my caddy starts giggling when we get up to my, my drive, and he said, Matt, it's the same distance. Yeah. Like, hit the same shot. It was. He almost put it right in again. Well, I hit it, and Rob's behind me, and I'm, I'm not going to swear on the podcast here. He goes, you mother effer. It's in the air because it is all over the stick and it lands within like six inches and checks for a, for a kick in. Yeah. So the joke for the remainder of the round was, Hey, no matter what, what we're doing, lay up to 84. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you, what do you go? You go Eagle birdie, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a good was, two holes, right? Stretch right there. That is awesome. 
Yeah. So that's so. that. I mean, that's how that's how it should be. Yeah. I mean, what do you, what do you want to do? Make a hole in one and then just hack it up the rest of the time? I mean, that's not going to be. So any fun. I actually this past weekend I, I I joined a group of guys at Itasca and I witnessed another hole in one and I told the guys like put the ball away. I was like, you know, <laughs> put the ball. He's like, oh, I almost didn't do it. And next one goes on the street. Like oh. it, was, it was on the street on the par five. I was like, he's like, thanks for me to put the ball away. He's like, I might have put that in your head that you might gonna go out of bounds, but I apologize. But I'm happy you put it away. McLaughlin had my ball by the time I got oh, to the yeah. tee box. He had everything written out. He had, and he even like had a sharpie that matched my markings of my kids' initials, the same color on there. Had the whole name written out. I mean, literally by the time I got the next tee box, and he's like, "Put this away. Do not use this ever again." It was hilarious. Yeah. And you got? Uh, they just got? They just sent you something, didn't they? Yeah. So what's funny is we got like three holes later, one of the Rangers came by and he's like, Hey, how things are going? How are things going? And the, one of the caddies was like, Oh, you got a hole in one. Congratulations. And so he took my inform some of my information by the time I got, we got into the clubhouse. They had a flag for me and a bag tag with my name and the date and things like that. And oh, then, wow. and then even really, which is really cool. They had, um, their head of their, um, apparel and, and whatnot in the pro shop. And she came out, took my information and they send you these, uh, different plaques and stuff you can order. And that just came, uh, probably about three, four weeks ago. It was unbelievable. It's this piece of slate with a picture of it, and you put your name and date. And it's I got that bad. Yeah, boy, we haven't uh, seen that yet, office. huh? Well, I've, I, <laughs> I've sent it a few times. <laughs> yeah, we've we've seen it in a few <laughs> couple, couple times. How's your guys' day going? And then you see yeah. a picture I of how many should have brought, yeah. brought it. Should have just put it in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. I would have known. You know, I, I, I was hoping we'd talk about it tonight, but I didn't know what exactly. Wait, I you think you think I was going to totally forget about that? You know, I don't know. Maybe you were really nervous that I was going to come up with like some you know banter material. I'm starting off slow. I'm starting. Off slow. I mean, I didn't know if we were going to talk football and Jay Cutler. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Whatever. See, that's all you were thinking. That's all you were thinking. Uh -oh. See, you're just trying to draw me in so then you can kick uh -oh. back with Fowler no, and then the Ryder Cup just, tough stuff. Sit here. You want to keep talking about the hole in one? I can do it all. all oh, no, no, no. I mean, no, it, it was kidding, it was great. I mean, we, you and I have such a back and forth. I mean, it started on Thursday with, or on Friday with, um, with you playing the prank on me, with you and Rob playing the prank on me, with that Elsner, oh, with I mean. the flags. I mean, for okay, let me. I'll just catch up. What happened? What's going on? I'll commentate. We are add, add my. Uh, so add. You. If you're listening, <laughs> Aunt, Andy is going to send you the link to this. He probably will not listen to it though. But that man is like my spirit animal. Okay, <laughs> I mean that if I could be a person when I'm when I'm older, and he's been doing it his entire life. But to be like the director of the tournaments and look over Ryder Cup and go to, you know, all of these places and help out with the USGA and the PGA of America, that man, I mean, since we've been going up there, I have always been like, where can I put the flags? Where can I set up? And it's literally like to a T because if there's like one person that I hold like for a higher standard, it's it's him. This is at Whistling, right? This, this is at Kohler. Yeah. yeah. So. Two years previous. I thought we were on the same page. So I got there at like five o'clock in the morning to set up. So I put the flags in and he comes rolling out. He goes right to Rob. He doesn't even go to me. He just goes to Rob and he goes, those two flags. I did not tell you to put those two flags there. And I was like, I am so sorry, Mr. Ed. I'm like, you know, I, I am, I'll never do it again. So he gives me the whole illustration. I'm talking to the guy at the river course, the, the head grounds, head superintendent. He's telling me like sort of the, the layout. So I was always told by them that I could keep, I could put any stakes I want in the high grass because there's no sprinkler systems. So here I am now. We, we got it all planned out. So I put all the stakes in. I'm inside. I'm coming out. And all of a sudden, they're all talking, and Ed starts pointing at a flag. 
And he like waves me over and he's like, Anthony, that can't, that's way too close. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I did it again. Like I, I literally prepare for this the whole three hour drive up there to right. not make him upset. And I turn to my left and here's these two knuckleheads, him and Rob are laughing <laughs> at me because they put him up to it. Oh, right? man. But Ed doesn't crack a smile. He has like the most stern face on. So I literally don't know if he's so happy. You or yeah, so you don't know. Oh man, my heart. I, I, I walked all the way to the range. It was, I, it was I had to walk all the way to the range to calm down. What were you thinking? What did you have to do? Like, were you thinking like, I got to take these down right now? He's well, going to kick me out of here. Or? Listen, like I said, he's like in a different, you know, I mean, the guy basically like flies over to Europe and helps out with like the setting up of like tournaments and oh, stuff really? like that. Yeah, he's he's like their guy behind the whole Ryder Cup oh, at, wow. at Kohler. So when it happened two years ago, I think the first time it was like he's like one of those people how I envision like my dad, like you do it once. It, it's OK. Mistakes can be made, but don't do it again. Yeah. So when when he was I'm like, I'm, I literally was like, Ed, I thought you said that I could put anything in the high grass. And he was just like, yeah, but that one right there it's, that's a little, it's a little bit too close and I'm like so you were walking we were by the caddy barn Rob and I and Ed came over just to check on things were going and we saw Tony coming out of the pro shop and he's walking over around the little half the little circle there by the front of the pro shop and I go Ed do me a favor I said Tony's coming over here just start pointing at that flag right now right now start pointing he's like why I'm like just point at the flag tell Tony it's in the wrong spot He's like, he's like, okay, okay. So he's like, and he goes right into, cause he knew, he knew how upset it made you a couple of years ago. Yeah. So he went right into like, let like prank mode. Oh, so I man. pull my phone out cause, cause he approached Tony. He like actually walked away from Rob and I went and started talking to Tony and we and Rob and I are dying. Oh, and you man. could tell it was like, it was and you talk about like your dad. It was Tony's face was like, he let down on my purpose. <laughs> it was amazing. Totally. I mean, cause I remember, I remember two years ago when we had to go over the plan and then like the next day I went up to him and I was like, I've just apologized the whole time. And to the point, like he was old school. Like, I don't think he said anything to me that day. Like he let me have to sit with that for 24 hours. Then the next day, everything was fine. And then last year was okay. But then this, oh man, that was, that's a prank of a life, especially to somebody like me yeah. who take like the whole setup thing. Matt's more like the choreographer. Like everything has to be in a certain place has to look, but like the flags and the banners and the old T markers, that was kind of like my thing. So everything had to be a certain way. Oh man, I'll tell you what it was. It was like 48 degrees outside that morning, but man, <laughs> I was hot. Like I was heart was pumping and everything. So, but, um, no, I mean, we have, we just go back and forth. I think that's probably one of the coolest things about our relationship. Matt gets a little worked up. We're both passionate. We're, pa we're passionate. We're, that's the word I like to use. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, you know, I'm passionate about like, you know, truthful things and non Jay Cutler things, but you know, it's really good. That so was, what's the whole Jay Cutler thing we're talking uh, about here? Uh, I'll let you talk about this. Well, this, I mean, this, you this, can, it's not that, it, this isn't, it's not that big yeah. of a deal. I mean, we got into it at Bull Valley. We, we, Maybe had a couple cocktails and, cocktails and I, sure. I, I don't know if the comment was he's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Correct. And then just like I did with Rob when we were driving somewhere, when he told me Mitchell Trubisky was a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. And I just started naming quarterbacks in different teams. So then once I felt that I got to like 15 names above Jay Cutler, then it became an argument about if he was the best Bears quarterback of all time, which I, I mean, you could, Matt could be the best Bears quarterback. And I, and I of all agree time. to that. It was more of a, we, 
And again, alcohol was involved. Not, <laughs> yeah. not going to lie here, but we started, you know, it was a situation of like, you know, the offense he was in the weapons he had, it was, it was a, it wasn't terrible. It was loud, mainly loud. Cause there was a big yeah. crowd around and there was also some bear fans there yeah. at around. So they were kind of yeah, egging the whole thing on. Oh yeah. Totally. And Tony knows like I get fired up fairly quickly. Anyone who oh, knows yeah, me. Especially with a yeah. couple of cocktails. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyone who knows me who's listening to this right now knows I get passionate quickly. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is like, I'm not a bears fan. So like I get into these conversations where, and I love them because I love the banter, right? right? Like I love talking back and forth and then Matt's getting a little bit louder and then I'm slinging stats and then he's asking me questions and then we're all going back and forth. It's the same thing. It's, it's how we created our friendship. Yeah. And my, one of my favorites. So let's talk Ricky Fowler and Jordan Spieth between you two. Uh, I, whoa, let's get into, I mean, let's just get into both. It's the Spieth thing. The speed thing we both kind of agree. We agree I, on. We agree on is that yeah. I, I people don't like Jordan Spieth, and I get it from the standpoint of some of the, you know, his actions and uh, how he acts and things he says, and he's been caught saying to his, his caddy and things like that. But the the Fowler thing. <laughs> No, I don't want. If what if Ricky's listening to this? Like Tony, oh man, yeah. oh boy. Tony, I'll tell you I, what, if Ricky I, yeah. Fowler's <laughs> listening to this. So call we, me. We, we made it. Call the me. comment, the yeah. comment that got me for that was that. You know, well, again, I think he's a likable guy. In my opinion of what I've seen, I don't know him, obviously. None of us know him. But it was a, Tony doesn't like him. I don't, and the reason is he doesn't think he works hard enough or hasn't worked hard enough to get back to a, you know, respectable player on tour. And my comment was, how the hell do you know what Ricky Fowler does in his, in his free time of, of getting back to it, of getting back to that player. So that was that day. That was the big argument. It's not that I just think he's a likable guy. And I, when I'm not saying know, he, I've never said that he's not a likable guy. You don't like him though at all. No, because I, they're listen, I, I personally, they're professional golfers. They're all amazing. Okay. But the fact, the fact that the man was, a top five player in the world when he won one time in like a three year period. Okay. I'm all for like the guys that continue to play well. I mean, like look at Colin Morikawa. Okay. I don't even, is Colin Morikawa top? Is he in the top five? Did he crack the top five? I think he did. I think he's the fifth best player in the world right now. Okay. I might be wrong. So if not, he's hovering. Andrew stats guy, look it up, looking it up. But what I'm saying is that he's won two of the first eight majors. If he if he's the fifth best player in the world, then how in the heck did we get to the point where a guy that won one player's championship and then we are golf fans are so like engaged into him? That's fine. He does amazing things. Andrew, he's number three right now. He's number three. Okay, so I don't know what the highest follower is. I think the highest follower guy was like four. But still, to my point is that we. We get so involved in what they're doing on social media and what they're doing over here. But then, like, he hasn't done anything for two years. He could potentially lose his card. But you have sponsors lining up to give him sponsor exemptions. I would. Re- yeah. Fourth. Right. Number four was the highest he ever got up to. Correct. OK. My, my point about it is then he comes out this year and he's talking about. I've been in a swing change for two years and I'm bringing two different sets of golf clubs to, to the, to the tournaments. Like one's got graphite shafts, one's got steel shafts. And now he's wearing glasses because for the last 32 years of his life, he didn't realize that he had like a pigment in his eyes and he helps him see the ball better. Okay, man, just hit the ball. Like just hit the ball. It's the same thing with speed. Listen, I love some of the commentary, but if that man has to talk, has has to say Michael one more freaking time, 
I, I can't watch. I just can't watch. And that's why I cheer against him now. Yeah. I, my thing is he's, he's marketable. It's not his fault. Oh, he's, people he's, like, he'd like him. He, you know, he used to be a motocross guy, like whatever, like people like him and that's not his fault. Again, I, I was actually surprised that he was even fourth and it has nothing with talent. Mine is he's just one of those guys that have a hard time from what I see of him and even red and whatnot and just say that, wow, I don't like that guy. I also think it has something to do with the brand thing. Tony, if he was, well, a, if he was a Nike guy, I think Tony would like him a little bit more. Oh, that's an interesting. I mean, comment. but but that's but that's hard. I mean, there's a lot of Nike guys I don't like. I mean, well, you you got to understand when I say when I like I don't like some of his actions. His like he has to he had to do the interview with the Oklahoma State players, right? Like at his house, look out in the Malibu, and look at for what? Uh, what are, what are we doing here? I don't even know if he's the best golfer to ever come out of Oklahoma State. He's certainly not the best athlete. If anything, have Thurman Thomas do the interview or have Barry Sanders, Barry Sanders. do the interview, right? I, I get it. He's marketable. He's all of those things. But then when he does an interview and he's actually talking about his game for the last three years, it's been one excuse after another excuse. And I have a hard time with that. It's like the Jordan Speed thing. Jordan Speed is playing a lot better this year, right? Everybody knew why he sucked the last two years because he tried to get more distance. Yeah. When you're the best putter in the world, why would you ever sacrifice what got you to the table to go and do some? Now, we have some friends that are Spieth fans. And, man, I'm, I'm a, listen, I heckle. Uh, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send videos and then, you know, the, you know, Jonathan Wicks is going to get all upset and he's going to tell me that Jordan Spieth is going to have a better career than Phil Mickelson. And all I know is Phil Mickelson has got like 50 wins for his PGA Tour career. He just won a major at the age of like 79 or however <laughs> fucking old he is. Okay, you got a long way to go before you before people make comments like that. And to go back to Fowler, the other thing that I don't know what we've gotten into with golf, but the sticking around at majors to shake people's hands, the winner's hands, listen, okay? It's why he won't win a major. You have to be ruthless. But he's not He's not alone there. There's a lot of those guys that do it. I'm not saying I yeah, win. You know, you guys yeah. know me. I'm competitive. I, yeah. I'd be out it's the like, door. It's, yeah. like when Tiger, it's like when Tiger won, right? And they were all like lined up and whatnot. All of those guys have won the Masters. The only guy who hadn't won the Masters, I think, is... Kepka was there. And the only reason why he was there is because you know, Jenna Sims and Tiger might've had a little thing going on, you know, speculating. I have that from an outside source. That's, that's not for me. That's <laughs> no, from an no, outside yeah. source. Yes. Put the, make sure you put the disclaimer on. Yeah. I'll, I'll get that on there. But that's all I'm like, to me, that's why he'll never win. But he, I think he, that's this generation of, of athletes. So you look at the basketball players instead of like, you know, you look at Jordan and Barkley and Bird and all those guys, they just wanted to kick each other's ass back in the day. It wasn't, yeah. They didn't join up and like, get all chummy chummy when the other guy was winning they wanted to beat that guy's ass not join him i think that's the same thing where these guys not that they don't they're still competitive but there's more of a friend there's more friendships um, well there's more money of, too there, oh. there, there's so there's so much more money involved yeah. in it right it, it's that persona that he's playing he plays it across his entire life and that's totally fine but then don't be the 180 of that when somebody comes up to you and says mr fowler for the last three years, you have played like dog crap. Okay. Can you please talk about, it? well, I'm in a swing change. You know, I'm just, uh, have, just, just come out with it. I mean, I don't understand what stops people. Like the interviews that I like is, you know, you get guys that come into a press conference and are like, oh, what happened in tonight's game? We got our ass kicked. Like just, nobody needs you to sugarcoat it. We're, yeah. we're, we're all watching it. We, he, he, 
was leading the tournament at seven under in the first round last week. I got like 17 text messages from Ricky Fowler. This is going to be the week. Well, I'm going to tell you something right now. If he can't win that tournament, the Corn Ferry Plus event, the one where <laughs> there's nobody playing. I mean, I think Dustin Johnson went there only because he missed the cut the week before at the Open Championship. If you can't win, he should go to the Corn Ferry Tour. He's getting like $40 million a year from Puma. Just go there. Yeah. The problem is that if he's scared now, right, if he can't close now, I shouldn't have said scared, but if he can't close now, what happens if he doesn't win there? Like, what happens if you took that guy and put him in the Corn Ferry Tour and he can't win there? Yeah, that's, that's the end of that's, Andrew? That's the end of him then. I mean, Well, I, you picked him for the U.S. Open and he oh, wasn't even he I, wasn't even playing in the U.S. You Open. You did that on the podcast, dude. Yeah, I was just did. doing it to get under his skin. Yeah. That was a bad it's, pick. Well, I, it was you never know. I was, I was giggling when I, li- when, I, when I listened, for sure. Didn't he announce he had a kid that week or whatever? That's a win. Well, that's like what Faldo said when he when he didn't he didn't win an event to get into the Masters. He's like, he has, yeah. he's like, at least he'll have something to do this week. He can just make more commercials. That was the best. Yeah, Fel, Faldo knows what's up. Yeah. Faldo knows what. He also has won a major, so, you know, he can say things like that. So, hey, we I got a question for you. We were on this... We, Kilborn and I and a few other people, we were talking about um, me and Michael Mattis, too. We were talking about it. In golf, who who's your goat? Who Who is the goat to you in golf? Oh, wow. I didn't expect this one tonight. 